Have you been looking for your keys to success? You have found the best place to start. We will hear from professionals on different keys to success in building huge careers in and outside the mortgage industry. These conversations that each person will share their experience will allow you to hear nuggets on finding your keys to success. I'm your host, Sue Meitner, so let's get started and grab your keys. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Grab Your Keys. I'm super excited today to have, um, in true full disclosure, a friend of mine for the last three decades, um, Rebecca Hasty Miares. So truthfully, um, we only call her Hasty, but we'll let her go by Rebecca Hasty today. Um, hi, Hasty. How are you? I'm great, Sue. How are you? Great. Thanks for being here today on our Grab the Keys podcast. Um, first off, why don't you tell everybody how you have your nickname, Hasty, and how everyone's confused with your identity with Rebecca Hasty? That's a great place to start. It is a great place to start. And you know that Hasty isn't a nickname, Sue. That's It's right. actually my great-grandmother's maiden name. So I was born <laughs> Rebecca Hasty Mihares. I mean, I'm sorry. I was oh, not born not. married to my husband. <laughs> <laughs> I was born Rebecca Hasty Norell. And when uh, I met you and my husband in college, and um, when my husband and I ended up getting married 10 years later, um, I took his last name, which was Mihares. And I was looking for a job and I was working on my resume and my husband was reading it over and it said at the top, my name that I've always gone by my middle name, Hasty Miares. And he said to me, don't you think that sounds a little bit like Speedy Gonzalez? And I was like, are you kidding me? And so he said, I think for your resume, you should just professionally go by Rebecca, you know. Full disclosure, I think he just was sick of explaining my name to everybody. And so right. <laughs> I slowly developed a second personality. So I'm Rebecca and I'm hasty. And I know how people know me based on what they call me. And uh, that's the story of my confusing name. Yes. And um, and your identity crisis between real life, family life, <laughs> friend life, and um, work life. Uh, but Absolutely. Going into that, you so you set your resume out and you ended up in the publishing world uh, for yes. ever. Forever. So forever. what did you do in the publishing world? Well, so I got my degree in English with a concentration on professional writing, and I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I went to a company which was located near um, George Mason University, where we graduated, and I um, walked in. The company's name was the Parent Institute, and they published educational materials for school systems to use with the parents of their students. And so I just, I just wanted an entry level job, someone to give me a chance. And um, the president of that company gave me a chance. And to this day, three owners later, I'm still affiliated with that publishing company. I've been there almost 30 years and um, it, it's, it's been a great ride and, you know, it's, I've enjoyed it, but, you know, there were some aspects that were missing um, happiness wise, which is kind of what led me to look beyond publishing. Right. Yet while you were a publisher for all those years, you were able to raise your family, 
work from home, really have um, everything that a working mom needed. And then um, your kid, children yes. get older, you have two girls. And um, then you yes. started to find, decide what would give you what? What were you looking for? I think I was looking for a greater purpose. And I, th I think a lot of us were. This, this all came about during COVID. So COVID hit. Um, my kids were home from school. I was home. Um, the publishing company was struggling a bit because our um, customers are schools and schools were not in session. Um, and we knew that schools budgets would be allocated for things like safety and issues that probably were far greater than family engagement at that point. So I remember sitting on the couch and thinking, what am I going to do next? Like this publishing gig may end. It's all I've ever done. And while I'm so grateful that I had it because it did allow me to be home with my kids every day because I worked remotely, um, I didn't really want to pursue a different publishing career because it, it just, you know, I felt connected to the content of what we published. It was more about the content than what I was doing. So I turned 50. It was COVID. I think I had a little bit of a midlife crisis and I thought <laughs> I need a plan B. So my plan B was maybe I should listen to my great friend Sue advice and see if I could get licensed in the mortgage industry. Um, you always talked about how much you loved it. And I saw it all the time when I'd come visit you, you're always working and it doesn't feel like work because you love what you do. And I thought, okay, I'm not a salesperson. And maybe I'll try. So that's what prompted me to take the class and pass the test. And with a lot of prodding from you and my husband, because I'm not a risk taker, um, I ended up getting my license and starting my plan B at the same time as working with the publishing company with no idea how much I would fall in love with this industry, how I found my passion in a way that I don't think I had ever found. And I found it at 50, which is so crazy to me, but so um, empowering to know you can make a change and you can find something great. Um, you're never finished learning and growing. So yeah, I've I loved love that. I've Why do you think you're so passionate about it? What, what fuels the fire that you love? You know, it's connecting with people for me. Um, I felt like I, and I still feel like I'm doing important work with the publishing company, but I don't get to interact with the end user. I don't get to talk to a family to see how the materials we've given them have improved their lives or helped their children achieve more. Um, with mortgages, you know, every person that I meet is different. I get to learn their story. I get to share valuable information with them. And it's amazing how intimate that process is. Um, it, it's really, you know, you're getting people making the biggest purchase of their life. I work with a lot of first-time home buyers who just don't know what they're getting into. So I get to be like a teacher. I get to be like a coach. I get to be a friend and a handholder for people who are nervous. And it fulfills such a just deep part of my soul that longs to connect with people and have positive relationships. It has um, really, really changed. It's changed my life, I feel like. What's one way that you feel you've been able to get into a marketplace 
that is really difficult to get into? How have you used your connections to start getting business as someone who is really launching another career at 50? Right. That's a great question. And, you know, for me, it was weird because it was during COVID. And I don't think I mentioned I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, so I'm not up in the Philadelphia area. Um, I knew a lot of realtors. A lot of my um, acquaintances or children's friends were realtors. And that was something I even thought, do I want to go into real estate? You know, when I was trying to figure out my plan B. And, you know, without the ability to get in front of people and to go to real estate offices, I really thought I was going to struggle, but because of COVID and those low one and 2% interest rates, I found my inbox just flooded with people looking to refinance. You know, I post one thing to family and friends on social media and it snowballed from there. And so what's really interesting now is that everything's coming back to life. I'm having to learn all the in-person stuff that I really didn't learn in the beginning. And, um, you know, I'm able to go to closings now, which is really nice. And I'm able to go talk to groups of realtors. And I couldn't do that before. So before it was really just word of mouth, reaching out to realtors um, who I knew and saying, hey, let you know, give me a chance. I'd love to help you out if you have any, you know, mortgage needs. Well, you've done a great and job. I was surprised. I was... Yeah. And I, I want to say, you know, I was really surprised how open and welcoming people were because I was really nervous. I am not a salesperson. I don't like making people feel uncomfortable because I don't like to be uncomfortable. Um, and so it was really stepping outside of my box. But what I realized is everybody is looking for resources and people to help. And we're providing a service. We're not selling a service. We're providing a service and making a huge difference in people's lives, whether they're realtors or they're buyers. Yeah, I love some of the stories that you've told me of people consolidating their debt and saving hundreds of dollars a month uh, by getting refinancing or or just changing homes. Uh, and that's just so important for everyone to really look and educate themselves on the finances and how an expert can can help. In your opinion, absolutely. What do you feel your three keys to success are? What are your keys to success in any career, not only the mortgage industry? Right. Yes. I, I have three keys. Maybe I have more, but three ones that stand out to me and they have allowed me to get through challenges with life in general, with parenting, with marriage, with health, with and in work, no matter what the career. And the first one is um, to have a gratitude mindset. I wake up every day just looking for the positive, trying to find something to be grateful for, because I feel that the more you focus on positivity and the good things in your life, the more you will receive it. It's the basic law of attraction. I believe strongly in it. I've seen it work in amazing ways. Um, and I feel like if you if you start your day being grateful and end your day looking and being grateful, um, it, it's just... You're more pleasant when you're positive and great things happen to you. I mean, it's unbelievable to me how what you focus on, you can really manifest wonderful things in your life just by focusing on the positive. And so that would be probably the most important key. Um, and truth be told, that I have. you have also, you know, just 
handled breast cancer in the most positive and graceful way anyone could ever handle it. You were positive every single day and such a mm-hmm. um, pillar of strength. Well, I appreciate that. And I have to tell you, I, I honestly feel that my diagnosis was such a blessing because what it did was it revealed to me the amazing support I have with family and friends, the amazing health insurance I have, the amazing, you know, how amazing medical staff and advances are. And I really had a very, very wonderful experience, which sounds kind of odd because, you know, I did have to go through, you know, 12 rounds of chemo and 30 rounds of radiation and lose my hair, but you know what? And that kind of leads into some of my other keys. I just kept focusing on, I'm so grateful. Look at all these great things that I have. I never once was like, why me? Like, why not me? Um, and I feel like my, my journey through that was so much brighter and happier and positive just because I chose to be positive. And it wasn't always easy to do, but when you've got great friends and an amazing support system, um, it, it's a lot easier. It's I agree. A lot easier. I watched the whole thing. So I totally agree. Um, so the, what is the, your second key? So my second key is humor. Um, it's not to take yourself too seriously. Always look for the humor in things. I mean, that's how we connected in college. It's how, you know, when you can look for the humor in things, it's really disarming. So whether it's with trying to establish a new relationship in your personal life or in your work life, or even dealing with family, if you can just laugh at a situation, um, whether it's serious or not, it, it just kind of, it releases endorphins. You feel better. You're in a better mindset to deal with things. I mean, I think we all need to stop taking ourselves so seriously because, you know, I think if the pandemic taught us anything, it's that there are a much, much larger things to worry about than the little petty stuff we tend to get bogged down in in our day-to-day life. So humor has definitely been... Um, a key that's helped me get through um, a lot in my life. Sometimes it's a defense mechanism, but it, it's also allowed me to connect deeply with people. So and I, it allows I you always to feel so much that. better. There's nothing better than having a good yes. laugh. And um, you and exactly. I have shared many. <laughs> Even at each other. Yes. yes, at each yeah. other's so, yes belly laughs. <laughs> deep, deep belly laughs. Right. Um, so the at third each other's expense, that. especially at each other's expense. <laughs> especially so, at each other's expense. Yes. So my third one is to be kind and to be kind, not only to everyone you meet, but to be kind to yourself. It's really easy to beat yourself up. Um, it's really easy just to kind of... Um, Think, think of worst case scenarios, but like when you're kind to people and you reach out to them and you let them know, like if you can empathize with them, which I think is really easy for women in business to do, it's kind of comes naturally a little bit. Um, it can really help all relationships and especially in the mortgage industry. You know, you had mentioned some of the stories that I had told you about, you know, helping friends and family um, reduce debt through refinancing their home. I mean, people are really intimidated to tell you their deepest, darkest financial secrets. Like that's like really upsetting sometimes for people. And if you can just be kind to them and let them know, listen, I, I was in debt in college. I know that feeling. I know what a gross feeling that is. That does not define who you are. Let's figure out a way to get out of it. 
or I've dealt with borrowers lots of times with serious credit issues. And, you know, you can't stick in your head in the sand. Let's proactively figure out, let's, let's get you out of this. So just being kind to other people, it's, it's not difficult to do. Always trying to realize, you know, I get a lot of angry people. I think we all do in the mortgage industry, like some, you know, people who aren't happy with the way deals are going, whether it's, you know, the realtor or the borrower. And if you can always try to understand where they're coming from and remember, you know, this is at a very vulnerable moment for them and in their lives and not to take it so personally, um, just to remember to be kind. And that's how, you know, I chose to raise my kids. Like you are no better than anybody else. We are all equals. And you treat people from the bus driver who takes you to elementary school to the principal exactly the same. Nobody's better. There's not a hierarchy of people when it comes to respect and when it comes to kindness. And one of my favorite quotes is by Maya Angelou. And I'm going to have to look down so I don't uh, misquote her. No, that's right. Um, But it's, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. And that is something I try to live my life by. I want to walk away from, you know, an interaction with my kids, my husband, my best friend, my clients, a realtor with them feeling good. And um, I think that is one of the keys that's really helped me maintain some great um, friendships and connections with people and has allowed me to really get to know people on a deeper level. My clients who a lot of them have become friends, people I didn't know. I've been invited to weddings. I've been invited to just go out to lunch and it makes me feel really good that, um, you know, they, they trust me and they feel comfortable with me. That, that does make you feel really good and you, and you should feel really good because you do work very hard on being kind all the time. And it's not actually even working hard for you. It just comes naturally for you. No. I wanted to let all of our audience know that we will be taking questions. So if you want to put your questions in the chat, uh, Hasty and I will answer any questions you have. But I have more questions for you. Um, who okay. do you admire? Okay, that that's a hard question because I mean, I admire who shouldn't I admire? I mean, everybody's gone through their own trials and tribulations, but I do have to say, and this may be an unconventional answer, I admire my girls. So I have a 18 year old and a 22 year old, and my husband and I did our, you know, we tried our best to raise them with, you know, to be respectful and to be kind and to be a go-getter. You know, I'm not particularly a go-getter. I'm a very inside the box type of person, but I didn't want my girls to be like that. I wanted them to know the sky's the limit. You can do whatever you want to do. Um, you can be whoever you want to be. And they, watching them do that as a parent, it's such a source of pride, but it's also, I'm just amazed at what each of them have been able to con- to accomplish. Um, and I think that, um, you know, they're not perfect, as you know, Sue. Sue and I have spent many nights on the phone complaining or, you know, sharing stories, crazy kid stories. You think it gets easier when they become young adults, but it gets harder in some bigger ways. Bigger kids, bigger problems. <laughs> yes, bigger kids, bigger problems. So, you know, everything's not perfect, but I watch my girls try to navigate all these changes in their life and they do it with grace and they do it with kindness and they, they really hold true to the values that 
we've taught them. And just to kind of watch it play out is so inspiring. And I really, I really think I owe it to them as well um, about making this change at age 50. If they can do everything, you know, it was time that I practiced what I preached. I should be able to, you know, go after something and see if it's right for me. And so I feel like it was a great example for my girls, but it was also because of my girls that I was willing to take a risk. And so they're who I admire the most, Peyton and Madeline. So yes, well, they are amazing. Nice. They are amazing girls. They are smart and kind and beautiful inside and out. And you have every reason to admire them. Uh, I'm biased. Were, <laughs> and I, I'm biased. So I'm biased. Are you? <laughs> um, if you were to be in another profession besides publishing or mortgage, what would that be, and why? Ooh, that's easy. That's easy. Um, I would be a professional organizer. I There's something about taking chaos and putting it all in order and making it look good that brings me such satisfaction. It is insane. And I actually, years ago, a neighbor and I thought we were going to start a little organizing business. Um, and what I realized was we were dealing more with people who were like hoarders. And that takes a degree in psychology that I don't have. So that kind of didn't, we didn't tap into the market we needed to, but that is something I'm passionate about. I will go to, you know, I'll organize any area of my home. Um, I think I just like the feeling of order and peace. And so those organizational skills that I just cling to so hard um, because my dad, you know, passed those on to me. Um, they have helped me in, you know, just about any career, but I would, I would focus on organization if I didn't do publishing or mortgages, I would just go organize the that, world. I think that you totally show that in, in your mortgage. Well, really both your careers, you do, you organize people's words and, and the publication, mm -hmm. but you also organize people's finances and make them understand right. where everything is and what compartment everything should be in. And, and that is really important to have that mindset so that you can break it down for them and show them what's affordable or what's not affordable. Exactly. Exactly. So what's in the future for, um, hasty. The in the future for me, I'm going to take over the world. Now, yeah. <laughs> I in the future, I I think I'm going to be. Um, I know I'm going to be selling mortgages. I know I'm going to be doing that um, until I can't work anymore because it mm -hmm. does bring me that much personal satisfaction and joy. I mean, it's like a social. It's like a social event for me to right. get to talk to new people. So, you know, I see myself building this career. Um, it's it's off to, you know, kind of a slow start because I am still working for the publishing company. So I divide my time. Um, and so far it's worked out great, but, you know, I haven't had an opportunity to really focus on building the business as much as I would like to. So in the future, I just see myself really having a successful career in this industry and stealing my husband as soon as he retires from his job. He is, I mean, he would be amazing at it. And we've talked about, right. you know, going into the industry together. Um, and I, that's like my retirement plan because I'm still going to want to talk to people. And, you know, I, I just always love to talk and connect to people. And, and that gives me a mechanism to do that and to pull in an income. So that's what I see for myself. Yeah, I love that. Um, I, we have a question from um, Olivia, actually. Hasty, sure. what do you do to calm the anxiety that may come with making a big life and career change? 
Oh, that's a good question. I focus on having a gratitude mindset and I <laughs> laugh a lot about it and I use my keys and I get really, really organized so that I think, you know, all my ducks are in a row. Um, and I, um, I, I don't know. That's a good question. My first answer was going to be medication. <laughs> no, it was going to be medication and wine, but I thought that that's, you know, this is a PG audience. So my, um, I don't know. I think it's leaning. I'm so fortunate that for me, I mean, Sue, you're a dear friend and you have been, you know, you've guided me every step of the way. And that has eased a lot of my anxiety because I know you're the best in the business. I have the best teacher there is. And you have cultivated an amazing team of people who I also rely on to help me in my business. And um, everyone there is so um, giving of their time and of their expertise. So I'm just constantly learning. And so that really removes a lot of the anxiety when you feel connected to the people who you are working for and with. Um, it's that part's kind of gone. It's kind of gone. Um, I was very anxious at first and, you know, my husband just kept saying, get over it, get over it. And you kept That's saying, hard love. you can That's do hard it. Love. you're overthinking. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was just, it was hard love, tough love from tough those love. closest to me. Yes. Yeah. To snap out of it. So speaking of that, how is it working with a friend, such a close friend that's really distance wise? We're not close, but we Correct. are close. How is it working with someone who you have a connection with? I mean, it's it's awesome and it's terrifying. And I'll share it's terrifying because I don't ever want to do something that makes um, you second guess, you know, introducing me like, oh, what have I done? I've opened Pandora's box. Now Hasty is here <laughs> wreaking <laughs> havoc. Like I was in the office last week and a lot of fun. And I'm very well aware that I distracted people. I think everyone in the office probably got 25% less work done when I was there because I'm so chatty and, you know, walking around and want to talk to everyone. So I guess it's great because there's a comfort level there, but I also don't want to let you down and I don't want to um, fail and feel like I failed a friend. So in that way, it might be a little more, um, I'm a little more motivated than maybe if I weren't working for a friend um, right. because I, I, and you help me so much. Um, another challenge is, you know, we have our work time and then we have our calls that are our friendship calls. And right. sometimes I blur the lines and I'm bringing up something. I'm having an issue with an underwriter and I'm like, oh no, no, no. That's not what the focus of this call is about. The focus of this call is about, you know, something right. different. So it's hard to kind of not mesh the two together. Set but it's boundaries. Been, yes. Set boundaries. I am not a good boundary setter, but Sue, you are. And so <laughs> I'm grateful for that. <laughs> um, so Teresa had a great call, a great comment and a question. If you had one piece of advice for someone getting into the mortgage business, what would that be? It would be just to do it and, and not to second guess yourself. I mean, I had such imposter syndrome when I first started. I was like, what am I doing? Why are people going to listen to me? Well, because I got certified and, and licensed and I know this stuff. I have this knowledge in my head. So my advice would be just to believe in yourself, to just jump off the ledge and do it. 
And, you know, especially if you're a people person, just start connecting with people. I mean, I've even gone out and had lunch with um, other mortgage professionals in different businesses just to kind of pick their brains and see if there's any way we can collaborate or work together. So, you know, I would just say just do it. And really, if you focus on the relationships, the business will come. It will absolutely come. So. But I think being patient and kind with yourself, which is one of the keys that you said, it's okay to not immediately set the world on fire as long as you're constantly working to improve yourself and improve what you did last month through credit, polls, or applications. It makes it better. We, I think we just froze a little bit, but that's okay. I think we did. I think okay. we did. So We're what I'm saying is being kind and patient with yourself also is really good to know that sometimes when you work with such fantastic individuals, it's hard to constantly achieve what they're achieving, but they've had a lots of experience. Um, Jasmine asked, what about 20 plus years of experience in lending, but transitioning from a process loan officer assistant to what advice would you give for building a customer base? What about 20 year experience in lending, but transitioning from a processor loan, processor loan officer assistant to loan officer, what advice would you do for building a customer base? Well, my, first of all, you're way ahead of people like me who were not in the business. I think it's so important to have an understanding from the all aspects of a loan. And so I was trying to learn it from the top down, like how does everything work? What are all the pieces? You know that. So you have a knowledge base that is unmatched. And from that, it's, you know, the reaching out, the most of what I did was through email and through telephone calls because it was during COVID. So, um, but if you want to meet more people now or get a customer base now, I would recommend going to all the events in your community, whether it's um, business events, uh, networking events, um, just talking to people and letting everybody know what you do. Social media is a great way to get yourself out there um, and to start you know, showing up on people's feeds and then they get used to seeing you. And then just a kind introduction email and not giving up and reaching out to people and constantly reminding them, you know, I know you may have a lender that you already work with. I hope you do. Um, and I would love to be a resource for you. And I'm, you know, I'm happy to be called second or last. Um, just call me. Um, so I just think if you're honest with people and tell them I'm I'm starting a, I'm starting up my business I'm shifting into um, being more of a consultant role rather than doing the processing I think people will immediately trust you because of the knowledge that you have and, um, and you did yeah, just get out there of, and let people know you did a lot of open houses too so that you could introduce yourself to other agents that were coming through the open house that's right um, that's great. your sphere of influence with Yes. family and friends and and your children's um, fr- friends of friends. Um, just really, uh, I know both of us joke that we always tell our children if they refer somebody to us for a purchase or a refinance, that we'll give them an extra money in their allowance. They always love yes. that. <laughs> yes. And as a matter of fact, I have one of uh, Peyton's friends, acquaintances, but who is also a daughter of a realtor I work with, 
who was in the market to purchase her first home. And her mom was like, I know you would be kind to her. I don't want to throw her to the wolves. So I'm getting ready to work with one of such people, although I'm not going to credit um, Peyton's allowance for that because the realtor really brought her to me. But I'm so <laughs> excited to get to teach her what I know and thinking about all the people that she, you know, if we have a positive experience, like all of our kids, they're getting to that age where they're going to start buying homes. And yeah, they better refer us to if they don't, we right. did something wrong. Well, they will not be invited to the weddings then. So, <laughs> so no, but no. Um, if anyone wants to reach they you, will not be paying is, for the wedding. exactly. If anyone wants to reach you, how would they get in touch with you? Well, you could call me. Um, it's 704-516-1011. I'm licensed in North Carolina, South Carolina, and um, Virginia. Um, you can email me at rmiaris at clghomeloans.com. You can follow me on social media. Um, and how else? And my website, but I'm not sure what the website is. Um, so if you just send me a text, I will- send her a text, um, we'll get it to you. Um, but yes. thank you so much for joining us today on Grab Your Keys. It's been fantastic. I must say that I'm super proud of you for everything you've done Aww. in your change of careers, but also just being an amazing person, a fantastic wife and mother, and a great best friend. So I can't um, thank you enough, Sue. Thank you. I feel so. the same about you. Oh, thank you. So everyone, uh, if you have any other questions, don't hesitate to. FaceTime us or put it through Facebook or your grab the keys comments. And we will be here um, in two weeks. We're having another episode with another amazing rock star in the mortgage business. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on grab your keys.